Welcome to the Love Reaching Community's Sermon of the Week. For more information pertaining to the life of the church, please visit our website at lrcchurch.co.za. What have we been doing? Do you know since the 5th of August? That's when we started. What did we start this, this series? Maturity. And the key verse was Hebrews 6 verse 1. Therefore, let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ and go on to maturity. Philippians 3 verse 15 says, Let those of us who are mature think this way. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Think this way. When you read previously what Paul's writing, it says he's, he's thinking about to be found in Christ and he in us. And when we think, thinking leads to questions. And questions are good. Questions are very good when we start thinking deeper and deeper. And there's so many issues in the world today. And I wonder how we're thinking about them. And how are we answering the questions that arise out of our issues? I'm going to paint a scenario of four movies slash series. I hasten to add these are not any, in any way ones that I suggest you go and watch. But they are out there. And our workmates and our friends are watching them, finding them appealing and believing maybe this is the way. The first one is 13 ways. 13, sorry, 13 reasons why. 13 reasons why is a, is a series based on a book. It's about a lady, a young teenager called Hannah Baker, who commits suicide. And when, after she's committed suicide, a friend finds recordings. And in these recordings, she records why. What led her to commit suicide? And it's all people. And that raises issues. And in our community today, how often are we hearing more and more of especially young people committing suicide? I asked my helper the other day. I said, it's, it's in my community. Is it happening in your community? She said, yes, all the time. All the time. And what this, this series sort of highlights is a highly individualistic society which says, I'm going to do what I want to do. Yeah, we put a little bit of caveat there. I'm not going to hurt anyone. But what this series shows is that what I do does hurt others. I may think I'm being an individual, but I am in a community, and what I do does affect other people. And we want to create ourselves. We want to pick a lifestyle. We want to pick a gender. We want to pick an eye color. We want to pick a religion. All so that I get maximum pleasure. And when it doesn't work out, when I don't get the pleasure out of what I thought I was, that I thought I was going to get, or if life hits me with a curved ball, then I have the option to opt out, to commit suicide. It's happening. Questions about suicide. The second one is a, is a, well, a whole lot of series, just some of them I'm sure you could add to them. Will and Grace, Murphy Brown, Empire. 
where we dealing with the dramatic transformation, dramatic transformation in society with respect to sexuality and gender identity. The Christian view that a marriage is between a man and a woman and that there are, you are born male or female is kicked out the door. It's not part of, and I, ha- I do hasten to add, Western culture. Western culture is, is kicking it out. Just an, an, an unsurety of who am I? And what the media and these programs portray is that the real you is the you that you deeply discover. And you look deep into yourself and you find the real you. That's what these movies are portraying. Your physical body is accidental. It's not a surprise. We've been told from, for ages now by atheists that we are accidental. So this body is just accidental. It doesn't count for anything. It's just a canvas on which I choose to paint what I believe is the real me. Sobering stuff, hey? Hunger Games, where young people duel to the death for the elite, for entertainment. Life, humans, are commodities. We see it in our sexual slave trade. We see it in slavery around the world. A human being, and we see it in history, a human being is to be used. If I'm more powerful or more wealthy, I can use you as I like. C.S. Lewis, years ago, in the abolition of man, said what we call man's power over nature turns out to be a power exercised by some men over other men with nature as its instrument. Last one, Westworld. It's a futuristic park run by host robots, and where you, the the people who attend this park, can indulge their fantasy, however evil, in an artificial consciousness. And I listened recently to a talk by Tom Tom Lennox where he speaks about, should we fear artificial intelligence? We started off with robots. A robot is programmed to do what it does. We then, many robots have in them, not all, an artificial intelligence. Stay with me here, a little bit of science. Artificial intelligence is a mathematical algorithm theorem which is learning. So if you have an artificial intelligence, it is learning. It has been used and is being used for great good. Our autonomous cars, which are a reality, is an artificial intelligence running that car. In medicine, many diagnostics are being done by an artificial intelligence because they can process a huge amount of information and diagnose. But scientists are talking, and if you read modern books, scientists are talking about AGI, artificial general intelligence, where we create something that is equal or beyond human capacity. 
They call it a superintelligence, a transhuman. This is real. It is happening. Scientists are doing it. It's not out there maybe, maybe one day. They say within 30 years, this will be achieved. What's happening in China at the moment, they, they haven't got the AGI. No one's created the AGI yet. It's still in process, but they're pretty, they're getting there. Top, top scientists, top physicists. In China at the moment, they are installing 600 million CC cameras. What do they do? Face recognition. So they are combining, and it's happening. This is not going to happen. This is what's happening in China. They take your credit systems, all the systems that are in place in our Western world, they're taking those together with the CC cameras for what? To control us socially. So in China, you are given 300 points. And depending on where you shop, where you go, you either gain points or you lose points. So you walk into a shop wanting to go to this restaurant and you will be told, you cannot come to this restaurant, you do not qualify, you do not have enough points. You go and buy a car, sorry, you cannot buy a car, you do not qualify. This is happening, social control in China. The artificial intelligence, the AGI, makes sense if I'm a blob of mud. Why does it make sense? Because I look at this blob of mud, I look at all us blobs of mud in front of me, you're, you're totally here by accident, and we're not succeeding in this world, are we? We're making a, a pretty darn mess of it. So surely we should help evolution along and create a new species, a transhuman who will perhaps do things a bit better. <laughs> How are we thinking? People are watching us. Dan Brown has a book out called Origins, de dealing exactly with the creation of an artificial general intelligence, a super intelligence. Suicide, and I'm just kind of broaching a few of them. Suicide, sexuality, gender identity, commodification of human beings, a super intelligence. What do you and I say to these very real issues? And my challenge is, am I, are we convinced of the truth of who we belong to, who we are, and where we're going? So if you want a title, it's our maturity in thinking. Are we convinced? of who we belong to, who we are, and where we are going. So who do we belong to? Let's read Psalm 8. Brandon mentioned it. You can turn there. That's my core text. And I love the way we sang into this psalm. As you read it, you'll see how we sang about this psalm today. Psalm 8. You there. Nine verses. To the choir master, according to the Gittith, a psalm of David. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouths of babies and infants, you have established strength 
because of your foes, to still the enemy and the avenger. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you care for him? You have made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. You have given him dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen and also the beasts of the field, the birds of the heavens and the fish of the sea, whatever passes along the paths of the seas. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. So who do we belong to? Man has decided he needs a super intelligence. He already exists. We don't need to create him. God is a super, super intelligence. He exists. How crazy that man is trying to create it. How crazy. Look at that verse one. Oh Lord, Jehovah, self-existent, eternal one. Oh Lord, our Lord, Adon, owner. How majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. We sang it today. God's name is his character. Eternal, self-existent one. Owner of everything, the heavens and the earth. And the earth declares his glory. So many of the Psalms say that. Look at the earth. And Brandon spoke about it. He says we can go and see these incredible mountains and waterfalls and, and the stars. I mean, I don't know if you saw the sunset last night. There was a moment where it was this brilliant red orb and a little circle in the clouds above it. It was magnificent as I was driving home. Oh, Lord, our Lord. The world declares the glory of our God. And it also says you have set your glory above the heavens. The angels and spiritual beings, the elders are seeing him and they're worshiping him. Bob is worshiping him, seeing him, worshiping him. And Jesus is there seated at the right hand of the Father. Ephesians 1.21 says, For above all rule and authority and power and dominion, above every name that is named, not only in this, year, in this age, but also in the one to come. That is our Jesus. Above every power, every single power. Scientists are debating with about what will this transhuman, remember what we said, he's, uh, it, it will be it, I reply, above, our, above us. What will this transhuman do with us? Scientists debated these scenarios. Like if you want all the details, I can give you all the books and that you can go read up. But there's about eight, no, 12, 12 scenarios, three of them. He, they will annihilate us, just kill us. We're useless. Another scenario, they'll cohabit with us. Another scenario, they'll treat us like a pet dog. We don't know. And there's a whole issue of ethics being spoken about at this time. But how does God... The superintelligence treat us, pathetic humans. He says in verse 2, Out of the mouths of babes and infants, you have established strength 
because of your foes to steal the enemy and the avenger. Despite God's immense, unimaginable power, he is directly and personally involved with weak you and me. Out of the, even out of babies, and a baby who cannot care for itself, out of them, he speaks strength. That is our God. That is our God. His king, we may feel weak and wobbly. You might have heard my four scenarios and thinking, God, even if you feel weak and wobbly, his kingdom will prevail. His kingdom will prevail. Who do we belong to? We belong to the self-existent, super, super, super intelligence. Who are we? Who are we? Read verse 3 and 4 of our psalm. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon, the stars, which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him? And son of man, that you care for him. Genesis records the creation of the world. It's interesting that on day three and day six, he speaks twice. Day three is the day when he separates organic from inorganic. Day six is when he separates man from animal. Significant. The Bible tells us that we are made in the image of God. A conscious, purposeful act that caused the creation or brought about the creation of man so that you and I can have a conscious, personal relationship with this super intelligence, this God whom we know. It was interesting that Brandon, and he didn't know what I was going to preach on, spoke about reflecting God's glory. If we're made in the image of God, our function is to reflect him. Yes? And, and Brandon spoke about how we're a weak reflection, and we are. And there's so many things we, we, we are reflecting, his being, his character. But I want to zero in on the one that the psalm speaks about, and it speaks about us reflecting his dominion, his dominion. Before I read it, just be aware, when we think dominion, what do we think? Dominion, it's, ugh, you know, I've got you, possession. I can now do with you as I want. That's not the dominion that the Bible speaks about. What is dominion? Dominion is where you, you have, you, it belongs to you, but you care for, it, care for it so deeply. You cherish it. You shepherd it. You bring out the very best in it. Isn't that beautiful? That's dominion. That's God's dominion. He cherishes us. He loves us. He wants to bring out the very best in us. So when we read this verse again, think of that for dominion. Verse 5, you have made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. You have given him, man, dominion 
to cherish, to look after, to care for, to shepherd, to bring the best out of the works of your hands. You've put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, beasts of the field, the birds of the heavens, the fish of the sea, whatever passes along the paths of the seas. Is this happening? Come on, guys. Is this happening? No ways. It is not happening. I'm not going to read that, but you go and, you've got lots of homework after this. Go and read Hebrews 2. Hebrews 2 brings out what is happening here. Yeah, man is not doing it. Why? Because of the fall of man. We were given dominion, but when we, when, when we sinned, we gave it over to Satan. We gave it over to Satan. But who does have dominion? Come on, who does have dominion? Jesus. Jesus has dominion. It is totally fulfilled in him. He has bought us at great price. He cherishes us. He loves us. He has dominion over us. He wants to bring out the very best in us. And our Christian walk is about regaining the dominion as we become more Christ-like. That is our journey, to take back the dominion that God gave us. And you can only do it, sadly, if you do not know Jesus, if you do not have a personal conscious relationship with the king of the universe, you're going to mess up because it's going to be about my needs, my, does this suit me? How's it going to benefit me? I don't care about anybody else. But what is human? That's the function of function of us, to, to take dominion. What is a human? And why do I go here? Because of this whole thing about finding the real me, deep digging down inside. And I say this totally respectfully. I don't think we know who we are. In Genesis, God says he took the dust of the ground and he formed man. And then the scripture says he breathed life into him and he became a living being. What happens at conception? The dust of the ground in the egg and the sperm are there and God breathes his spirit and that embryo becomes a living being. Body, soul, and spirit. An integrated whole. Perfectly created by the mastermind who wanted that you and me to be exactly as you are. A question might be, but what's the soul? And I, don't, I can't, I'd love to go into that, but I can't, I don't, want, I don't want to lose focus on where we're going today. Just one quote. Williams wrote um, a theology book, uh, Renewed Theology, says, The soul is that which proceeds from the depths of the spirit as it animates the body. Lovely picture. So we are, we are, the important thing I want us to grasp here is we are an integrated whole. You do not have a body. You are a body. You are a body. And in your body is a spirit. And that spirit is either dead, it's there, it exists, 
but it's either dead or it's alive. How does it become alive? When you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, it comes alive. And the Holy Spirit comes and together they work in us. What are the implications of being an integrated body? What's the implications that I am body, soul, and spirit? The implication is that God is interested directly, passionately in every single part of us, our body, our soul, and our spirit. And I love, Lennox does this whole thing. He says, you know, we want to do these, there's always about doing a, an upgrade. You know, you've got to upgrade, you've got to upgrade. We are being upgraded, or we can choose to be upgraded. Phase one of our upgrade. Bow your heart to the name of Jesus. Believe in his name, and you get upgrade number one. Phase one of our upgrade. John verse 1 verse 12, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right. King James Version says the power to to become children of God. God showed his love for us. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And we choose to have upgrade number one. Have you chosen to be upgraded? You don't have to wait to be a transhuman. You can be upgraded right now and right here. You choose to make God your Lord and Savior. And there's an ongoing work in us. What's the ongoing? Where he is restoring us, we are being saved. We're being renewed. Our character is being changed. Our soul is becoming more and more like Jesus. We're learning about true dominion. That is an ongoing phase and will happen until we take our last breath. It goes on and on. Are are we as, as Christians mature, immature? How mature are we? Are we yielding ourselves to this ongoing upgrading? Or are we resisting him and getting conned into the way of the world which says it's all about you? Don't worry about anyone else. It's all about you, your comfort, your needs. You, 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 you. Are we allowing the Holy Spirit to say, actually, as as Trevor read, it's not about you. It's about giving. It's about being generous with everything that you are, your gifting, your wealth, who you are. Are we allowing him to upgrade us or are we resistant this morning? And then the final phase. There is a final phase. And it's answered by where we are going. Death is not the end. Death is merely a gateway into eternity. But there's a choice that we make here on this earth, whether that eternity is with God or not with God. It's a choice. And sadly to say, as I've heard, you cannot make that choice once you see him. As you pass through that gateway and you see God and you see Jesus, it's too late. Because we receive him by faith. And when we see him, there is no need for faith. 
And even death is not the end. Yes, we're with him. And then one day, one day, and I believe it's getting closer and closer, and I will keep on saying that, and I'll keep on saying, are you ready? Are your family ready? Are your friends ready? Are your workmates ready? He is coming back again. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 52 and 53, for the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we shall be changed. For this perishable body must put on the imperishable, and this mortal body must put on immortality. We will have our final upgrade. And this body, he can take all. He knows your body. It's, remember what I said? You don't have a body. You are a body. He knows your body. And he will collect all those right little atoms and put you together perfectly. And we will have a new body. And we will exist with him forever and ever and ever. That is our final upgrade. To those who think about suicide, who know loved ones who have attempted suicide, we can answer, you are loved more than you can imagine. You are known by the creator of the universe. And he gives you so much value because he came as a human being and he died for you. To those struggling with sexuality and gender, gender identity, you are an integrated whole. You are body, soul, and spirit created as you are meant to be by our Heavenly Father. For those who say, and by their actions, use other humans, and dig deep on this, don't put it aside to slave trade. How do we use others sometimes? Because we commodify them. We put them lower than ourselves. Because we know more. We are more. We have more money. We have more experience. We are all made in the image of God, every single human being. And to this whole AI and artificial intelligence, the super intelligence exists. And one day he will return. He started it, he's provided every means for our upgrade. We don't need machines to upgrade us. We need to bow our knee in every way, day in, day out, to the creator of the universe. How's our maturity in our thinking? Are we answering these questions that people are asking? Are we convinced, convinced of the truth of who we belong to, who we are, and where we are going. We have the answer. We have the answer. And it's such a privilege now that we can remember. Another thing Tom Lennox said was he said, how do we know that humans are important? How do we know? God became one. 
God became a human being. Jesus came at the perfect time and gave his body and his blood that I might have a relationship with the the living God. When he was in the upper room, he took the bread and he took the wine. He took the bread and he said, this is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Then he took the cup and he said, this is my blood shed for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And he says, I won't do it again until I do it with you when I come again. One day we will break bread with Jesus. But for now, we break bread as a community. And we remember this incredible sacrifice that he has made for us. And as we break bread, and and maybe someone wants to come play, and if you want to start coming forward as I'm speaking, God wants to invade. Someone brought a word earlier today. He wants to invade every part of us. You know when they upgrade a computer, it takes pulling out, it takes putting in, it takes a new memory board and all that stuff. What do you need? What part of yours is not functioning well? What what space do you need to give to God today? To say, here, take all of me. I want to be upgraded. I want to become soft in your hands, easy to work with, easy to change. Or are we resisting him in some areas? One caution we have to say that Jesus gave, he says, do not come to this table and drink unworthily. What does that mean? If you ask him forgiveness, if there is any sin in your life, that's all you do. Let's let's do that right now. Holy Father, we thank you, Jesus, for your incredible sacrifice. We thank you, God, that you came, that we might have a relationship with the King of kings and the Lord of lords.